you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I'm going to be reading from two passages this morning, 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and Psalm 124. I'm going to read the entire chapter, so I'm going to be reading for a few moments today, and then we'll let you be seated. And by the help of the Lord today, I will not be really, really long today. I'm intentionally going to try to keep my remarks concise this morning and leave you some energy for the afternoon and the evening. We're excited about what the Lord is doing today, and uh, we're believing that God's going to do great, great things, both in Lebanon and Lafayette today, in our extension services, and then back here. Brother and Sister Toppy are going to be ministering this evening, and we're looking forward to a great move of the Lord in our evening service. Amen. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verse number 15, and he said, Hearken, ye all Judea and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid. Look at your neighbor and tell him, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Hmm. But verse 16 said they had to go down against them. But verse 15 said the battle's not even theirs. Hmm. But verse 17 said, set yourselves and stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with, everybody say with you. O Judea and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Psalm 124, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. When men rose up against us, when then they would have swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream hath gone over our soul. The proud waters had gone over our soul. But I like verse number 6. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. 
and we are escaped. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach God is on our side. God is on our side. Would you put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for He is on our side. The eighth verse of that chapter I just read, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Come on, put your hands together and magnify the name of the Lord. That's where our help is today. It's in the name of the Lord we magnify you, Jesus. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. God is on our side. David recognizes his utter lostness without the Lord. He declares, blessed be the Lord who didn't give us up to pray to the teeth of the enemy. He describes our soul's escape as escaping as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. He is describing the condition of the human soul as Calvary has broke us free and broke the the snare of the fowler and he has set us free and our help, of course, he declares, is in the name of the Lord. I'm glad I know the name of the Lord. I could take time this morning to share with you so many stories even this week. On Thursday night, my wife and I made a quick trip over to Fortville to be in camp. And we gathered with friends as, you know, church folks have to do. When you go to kids camp and they start at 6 and are out at 7.15, you gotta go, you got to go get something to eat whether you're hungry or not. That's just what we have to do. So we gathered together and we went to have some laughs and some some food. And so we ended up at Chewy's and Fisher's, thank the Lord. And uh, we we were going to have some fellowship and we were there with Pastor and Sister Reading and Pastor and Sister Maroney from Evansville. Good to see the Kootzmans here this morning. And um, we were there with them and we... Uh, some others that were there, we were fellowshipping and eating together. Brother Maroney wasn't feeling well, and in just a little bit, uh, he and his wife excused themselves, and they had to leave. He, I knew he was sick. I could tell by his demeanor, and they left and headed back to the campground, and my wife and I stayed. Of course, any time that my wife is present, she thinks she has to turn the lights out no matter where we are. We go to preach for someone, she's got to be the last one out of the church building. Uh, and we were at Chewy's, and she thought she owned the place, and uh, we, were, we had to turn the lights out, so we had to be the last ones to leave. And uh, all of our friends were leaving, and we finally got in the car leaving. We are the last one, literally, the last one out. We followed the last car out of the parking lot. And, uh, you know, they're standing in the door looking out the windows. They're thinking, are these people going to come back in and rob us? And so we leave and we start headed home. We didn't get just a minute or two out of the parking lot and our phone rang. And it was Sister Maroney calling and she said, Brother Maroney's so sick, we've got to take him to ER. And they were asking for directions to the closest hospital. And we tried to assist them and got them, told them to head to uh, Fisher's to IU 
hospital just a couple of minutes from where we had just been. And my wife and I turned around and went back to the hospital. As the nurse had taken Brother Maroney's blood pressure, it had dropped uh, very quickly. And his blood pressure was down uh, somewhere, I don't want to be quoted on the exacts, but somewhere down around in the 50s over the 30s. And so uh, we knew there was a problem, but his heart rate was extremely, extremely high. And so the first thought in mind was perhaps that maybe he was dehydrated, and we found out that he had been feeling dehydrated and decided that he was going to try to fix that, and so he had been uh, drinking a lot, but uh, when he got to the hospital, we were expecting it to be a simple diagnosis that he had been uh, perhaps dehydrated. But uh, the doctor very quickly came and ruled out dehydration and looked at him and said, I'm sorry, sir, but we believe that you are in AFib. This is a condition of the heart that causes the heart uh, to beat the, the, the rhythm of the heart, the top and the bottom of the heart muscle, instead of it working in rhythm, it begins to work against itself. And instead of pushing blood, it's just doing a lot of uh, beating, but the blood is not flowing properly. And uh, Sister Maroney was very upset. My wife and I were there, and uh, if you know her very well, she can be incredibly bold. She didn't care if we were in the hospital, if doctors were there, if we were in, there was other people gathered around. She just looked at me and she said, why don't you pray? And uh, I didn't move quick enough, so she got up and she moved around to where it was. And she's looking at me over the top of her glasses. She said, I think we need to pray. And so we uh, laid hands on him and began to pray and just asked God to turn it around. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. And she said, I, this can't be. I don't want this. This AFib thing, this heart thing, it cannot be this. And I said, in the name of the Lord, we speak against it. And Brother Maroney made a statement and he said, I pray for others, but I uh, right now am, am feeling fear over me. And we rebuke the spirit of fear out of the room and began to pray and believe. And in just a little bit, the doctor came back in and he said, there's no AFib. The heart is in perfect rhythm. The blood pressure's back where it needs to be. We're just going to rule it out as being a viral infection. We're going to send you home. You're going to be all right in just a little while. Brother Maroney sent a text message to me after he left and said, I really feel like God touched me in the emergency room. And I said to him, Brother Maroney, God turned it around. And I believe this morning that if you understand how much God is on your side, you will understand whether it's a physical condition, whether it's an emotional state, whether it's a financial problem, your God, my God, our God has the ability to turn it around. What the enemy intends to use against you, God can turn it around for a testimony of his grace and his mercy and his healing power. God can turn it around. I feel the anointing of God in the room this morning and it doesn't matter what you walked in the building carrying the load that you may feel this morning. I want you to know God can turn it around for you. Oh, I feel the help of the Lord this morning. The healing power of God is in the room already. If you came in with a need this morning, you can leave with a need met. You came in carrying a heavy burden this morning. God can turn it around because God is on your side. 
Oh, come on, somebody lift up your hands right now. Wherever you are, I don't have to preach another word. The Holy Ghost is already in the room right now. And he can minister to you right now. If you have a need in your life, receive it right now. In the name of the Lord, God is on your side. He's not against you. He's working in your favor. He can turn it around. He can speak peace to your storm. He can calm your situation. God is on your side. God is on your side. God is on your side. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Jehoshaphat was in a battle and he didn't know what to do. I read that text to you this morning. Jehoshaphat was in a battle and he was coming against a great army. He was greatly outnumbered. He he was the odds were stacked against him. It was it was a terrible situation. We received news this week. We've been praying for my sister. And uh, the reports that have come in have come in uh, not exactly maybe what we wanted to hear. Uh, maybe the odds are stacked against her. You know, we've all been in those situations. Uh, but when your life is on the line and when it's your family members' lives who are on the line, it becomes uh, dire. It becomes very severe. This is where Jehoshaphat was. He, he was outnumbered by the enemy. He had a situation he couldn't handle. It's like when physical conditions uh, that the doctor says there's not anything left for us to do. When you feel like I've done everything I can do, but I, I can't go any further and I, I, I don't know any other steps. I've, I've exhausted all of my resources. I'm, I'm out of money. I've done everything I know to do. I've spent everything I had on every physician I I can find. I I'm against a battle that I feel like I cannot win. The Lord gave a word to Jehoshaphat. And the word of the Lord came after the third verse. I didn't read that whole passage to you this morning, but the scripture said that Jehoshaphat feared. In other words, Jehoshaphat was afraid. That's a human emotion that uh, we have to keep under control because if we're not careful, we will allow fear to overwhelm us. Just like at that hospital room on Thursday night, we rebuke the spirit of fear because fear is the enemy of faith. And when we get caught up with fear, it can keep us from even bothering to pray because there's no reason to pray. Because fear is ruling. I'm against a situation that I don't know what to do. There were three things the Bible said that Jehoshaphat did that I I read into your hearing this morning. The scripture said that Jehoshaphat did three things when he was faced with a battle That was larger than life. The first thing that Jehoshaphat did is the scripture said that Jehoshaphat requested to hear from the Lord. If there's ever a time when you're going through a battle 
and the odds are stacked against you and it looks like that there's no way out. The, I, I looked at someone in my office several months ago and my wife was there and they were in a terrible situation and they said, Pastor, what do I do? And I looked at them and I said, I don't feel like we have anything left to do. The only thing that we can do now is just pray. You ever been there? The only thing we can do is just pray. And my wife's voice pierced through the doubt in that room. And my wife said, prayer is not the only thing we can do. Prayer is the best thing we can do. If we would switch our mentality from I don't have any other resource so now I'll pray to realizing the best thing that I can do is take my burdens to the Lord and leave them there. The best thing I can do in my crisis is go to God in prayer. The best thing, not the last thing, not the only thing left, but when my when the foes come up against me, I'm going to God in prayer. When I feel pain in my body, I don't run to the medicine cabinet. I'm going to God in prayer. When a situation, I'm going to God. It's the best. The best thing we can do. Jehoshaphat requested to hear from God. He was afraid, but he wasn't so overcome with fear. I don't want to cast something on you this morning, put a burden on you this morning because you say, I know I, I, fear just hits me. I, 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 I become afraid. That's a human emotion that God put in us. Because when fear comes, there's something we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray. Don't let fear overcome you to the point that you don't want to pray. I'm going to teach you something this morning. When fear comes, when you feel fear come, that is, that is, that is the billboard in your life that says, right now, go ahead and pray. He requested to hear from, from the Lord. Now watch, 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 watch. In that third verse, the scripture said that he called a fast. You know why we fast? Because we're looking for divine intervention. He called a fast, asking God to help. Now here's what verse 4 said, that Judah gathered themselves together to ask the help of the Lord. So it meant Jehoshaphat didn't pray by himself, but all of the people prayed together. Now I told you I'm going to teach you something this morning. And, and I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm not here to upset anybody. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. But, but I, I want to tell you how I feel about this. Sometimes we allow pride to get in our way. And, and you know, we, we have a special unspoken request. But don't let anybody know. I'm really going through it, Pastor. I'm telling you. But please don't let anybody in the church know. I don't want anybody else to know. Here's where I've decided. When I get sick, I want to build a billboard. Not because I want all the sympathy and everybody looking at me, because I want everybody praying. Because the biblical example here is not to hide your needs, but it's to carry your need to the Lord in prayer and to let your need be known among the people. Because the scripture said that all Judah 
gathered themselves together. That means they came to prayer meeting. They showed up to church and they all prayed together and they all asked the Lord together to meet their need. Anybody with me this morning? I come this morning to tell you we need to move out of the situation of I don't want any, some people don't want anybody else to know because they want to be the only one that can tell everybody. But we better get beyond that today. And we need to get to a point where when a problem arises, the first thing I want to do, pick up the phone, shoot a text, Pastor, can you get the church praying? I got a need in my life. I don't, I don't need sympathy. I'm not asking for sympathy. But I got a need in my life, and I trust my brothers and sisters. I trust all of Judah, and I want Judah to come together, and I want Judah. I want the church praying. It may not be big for somebody else, but it's big to me. A friend of mine, Evangelist Greg Godwin, had a stroke this past week, was put in the hospital. And somebody on a minister's forum that I was on made a statement and said it was a small stroke. I said the only person that's ever had a small stroke is somebody else. Oh, they're just having a small surgery. If it's a small surgery, it's somebody else's. Because there's no such thing as a small stroke or a small surgery, or a small crisis, because when it's you or I, sometimes it seems like life or death. I said, stop with the small stuff. Let's all take it to God in prayer. Because what we've got to do is move out of the point of saying, oh, they're going to get over it. There's no reason to waste my time of praying for them. If you've got a need in the house this morning, I want to take it just as serious as I would if it was my own situation. I want to take it to God in prayer. Come on, Judah, we got to get together this morning. Come on, church, we got to come together this morning and recognize when one brother has a need, everybody's got a need. When one's got a problem, everybody's got a problem. When one has sickness, everybody's going to pray. When one has a financial need, everybody's Everybody's going to reach out to God. James chapter 4 verse 2 said, We have not because we ask not. Sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is ask. No, don't tell anybody. I just want you to know, don't tell anybody. We need to get beyond this and get to the point of open trust for God before I trust the doctors. Before everybody finds out I'm in the hospital, I'd rather everybody find out at church that I need prayer. Ain't nobody going to help the preacher this morning. The second thing Jehoshaphat did was he trusted God. He depended on God. He, he realized that he could not do what he needed to do by himself. He needed the help of the Lord. And here's the idea. Until we reach the point that we absolutely have to depend on God. The word of the Lord came in that 15th verse that I read to you this morning. And it said, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of the great multitude. That sounds good until you're on the battlefield outnumbered. And the word of the Lord said, don't be afraid. And don't be dismayed. Because there's a great multitude. But the key here is the battle is not yours. Now, here's where a lot of folks get to and, and they fail to understand. 
the battle's not yours. Okay, good. I'm going to pull this cover up over my head. And I'm going to let depression set in. Mm, I'm where you are this morning, aren't I? The battle's not mine, so I'm just going to stay at home, cover up my head. I'm not going to bother to pray because it's not my battle. I'm not going to bother to fast because it's not my, I'm not going to show up to church because it's not my. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. That, that little connotation there of dismayed, that little word of dismayed mean, mean, simply means don't get overwhelmed to where it changes your lifestyle. Don't get dismayed by reason of the great multitude, for the battle is not yours. Now I'm being attacked by the Amorites, Ammonites over here, and the Moabites over here, and the Syrians over here. This battle is too great for me, but I'm not supposed to be afraid. The idea is don't get overwhelmed with fear. Because the battle is not yours, meaning the battle belongs to the Lord. But the scripture said that they had to get up and they had to go against them. Sometimes your get up and go when you don't feel like it is nothing but a statement against the enemy. Sometimes your get up and go is just making a statement. I don't feel like getting up and going. Maybe somebody came this morning and you could say, I didn't feel like getting up and going to church today. But my, my getting up and going to church today is a statement against the enemy. The battle's not mine. It belongs to the Lord. If I'll get up and go, the Lord's going to fight for me. God knows what he's doing. God had a plan for Israel. Verse 17 said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. The word fight there is talking about taking up swords and shields and spears and going in and physically fighting in the battle. When you are overcome with insurmountable odds, there is a moment that you may have to reach the point, the battle's not mine, but I was never made to fight in this battle. But the Lord told them, get up and go. In other words, you can't stay at home and cover up your head and just let me send some plague and destroy the enemy. Then you get out of bed and then you walk out and walk through all of the dead bodies. That's not how it's going to work. You've got to get up and you've got to go down to the battlefield. But I'm telling you, before you ever go to the battlefield, it's not your battle and you're not going to need to fight in the battle. But you've got to get up and go down and you've got to prepare yourself and you've got to look like you're going to fight and act like you're going to fight, but God's going to be on your side. Come on, CLC. Somebody this morning needs to get the courage to get up and say, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to worship like I'm already healed. I'm going to act like I've already overcome. I'm going to act like I'm already beyond it because when I do, God is going to fight for me. I can't win it in the flesh. God is on your side. God will fight for you, but you got to get up and go and act like you're going to fight in a battle that God's already said is not yours. Here's the catch. 
Here's the catch, and I'm quickly uh, approaching a close this morning. He waited on God. The 17th verse said, we read it this morning. You remember what it said? Stand ye still. Now, I'm not a military guy. We have several military guys here. And those who have been in active duty, I've talked to several. And I've asked them, what's the hardest thing about the battle? And what I've heard is, it is the time when you were just hunkered down somewhere having to wait. It's the worst part of the battle. They would rather be fully engaged than having to wait. Sometimes the Lord says, this is not your battle. Now, if God tells you it's not your battle and you don't have to fight in the battle, but you choose to get up and go fight in the battle, you are destined to lose because you're, you're fighting out of the will of God. But at the same time, you can't stay home and pull the covers over your head and say, I'm not going to go down to the battlefield because the Lord declared, you got to get up and you got to go down to the battlefield. But when you get there, I'm going to fight for you. But when you get there, you're at the battlefield. And somebody said, well, I got up today. I took a shower. I got dressed. I, I don't feel the best, but I feel better. I'm going to go ahead and fight this fight. No, you got up. You did what you needed to do. You came to church. What you need to do is you need to focus on just your worship, on your prayer, on your trust in God. And you need to let God do the fighting. Don't start taking it up on yourself to start fighting. This is what the Lord means when he said, wait on the Lord. How is it that the scripture said, they that wait upon the Lord? I'm not going to try to exaggerate this scripture. I've heard it preached. I've heard preachers stretch it so far out of context. i tell you what the word wait means. I'm going to give you a good illustration of waiting. Are you ready? My best illustration of waiting right there. They that Wait, those that, that with faith trust God is going to take care of it. He waited on God. You know, we used to sing a song, you can't hurry God, you just got to wait. Trust Him and give Him time, no matter how long it takes. Anybody old enough to remember that song with me this morning? Oh my Lord, give me the key of G. I'm just kidding, Dylan. Stand ye still. Everybody say wait. And see the salvation of the Lord with you. For the Lord will be with you. It doesn't matter where you are this morning. It doesn't matter what you're fighting and what you're facing. God is on your side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? The Lord is on my side. 
I will not fear what man can do unto me. The prophet Isaiah said, No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against thee in judgment thou shalt condemned. I'm coming this morning to tell some of you who have been in the battle, who have been in the throes of battle, don't get don't let fear overwhelm you. Don't get dismayed this morning. I dare you today to just rise up and find the courage to say, you know, I got up this morning when I didn't feel like it. I just want to encourage you and tell you that's the will of God. You got up and came to church in the battle, in the storm. All you need to do today is release the battle to the Lord and declare, God, I feel like the battle belongs to you. I don't know what else I can do but release it to you. But I'm here this morning. And I'm here today to declare to the enemy, God is on my side and I'm not going to become overwhelmed with fear. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm not going to let it change my lifestyle. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go on and I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. How are you going to do it? But waiting on God and letting him fight for me. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I close. Look at your neighbor and tell him God is on your side. Jesus tells them in Matthew, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That sounds like a God that's on your side. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I could just go through the scripture over and over and over today. But if I could persuade you that God really is on your side, no matter what you're dealing with and facing this morning, I've got a feeling that somebody would walk out of here encouraged. That somebody would walk out of here tomorrow saying, I can face tomorrow because I know I'm not alone. Because the greatest, the greatest enemy is not fear. The greatest enemy is feeling like you are alone. Because if the devil can ever convince you that you are alone, nobody knows where you are and nobody cares where you are. God doesn't even know what you're going through. God doesn't even know where you, if the enemy can convince you. I can tell you this morning, I don't have to ask for a showing of hands, but every one of us who have ever been in a deep battle you have had those moments when the enemy begins to speak into your spirit and tell you, you're alone in this. Nobody knows where. I see enough heads nodding this morning. How many of you know where, I, where I'm talking this morning? You've been there. Nobody knows where you are. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. I come to tell you this morning that that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because God said, I will never leave you. The enemy will lie to you, but God won't. God said, I will never leave you. In the worst nightmare of your life, God said, I'll be there with you. He won't leave you comfortless. He won't leave you alone. 
but God will be there with you. He offers help to the hurting. Maybe you feel like you're in that holding pattern today. I want you to find the courage to know God's here. God's on my side. God has sent a messenger today to speak a word to me. Did you say, wait on the Lord? If that's you today, I'm going to open these altars in just a moment. And I want you to step from where you are. I want you to come forward today with hands raised high toward heaven and declare to the enemy, I'm going to keep waiting on God. I'm going to keep trusting in God. I'm going to keep standing firm. I'm going to keep looking the devil in the eye every day. I know I still feel pain in my body, but by his stripes we are healed. I know my family's still not saved, but in the name of the Lord, they're going to be saved. Come on, I open these altars this morning. If that's you, step from where you are. Make your way to the front of this room. Declare in the name of the Lord, God is on my side. I will not be overcome with fear. God is on my side. I will not be afraid. I'll not live in fear. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies. 